What are the most important positions the Buccaneers need to address this offseason? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen review every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JayYarko underscore Bucks, credentialed member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. Com, and I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with my everydayers. And for that, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways you can support the show right now, you can become a Locked On Bucks insider where you get news, rumors, updates, and just general thoughts, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Head to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Bucks to become an insider today. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Insider mailbag questions coming up in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the biggest areas of need for the Buccaneers this offseason. So coming up over the course of the next week or so, I'm going to be diving in to the Bucs pending free agents and why they should or should not be re-signed by the Bucs, taking it player by player, weighing pros and cons. But a lot of those decisions are weighted by how much the Bucs need to address that position. There are going to be holes all over the roster, and they need some starters, they need some depth players, but there are positions that are more needed than others. So which ones do I think are the most important? And please feel free to leave which ones you think are the most important in the live chat where I see Demon Hunter already getting started. Uh, Demon Hunter, always appreciate you, buddy. But my number one most important position for the Buccaneers is edge rusher. They had very poor production last year from the edge rushers. Rookie Yaya Diaby led that position with seven and a half sacks, which is pretty good for a rookie, but not if that's your leading sack guy on the team, let alone amongst the edge rushers. Then you had Joe Tryon, Troyinka with five sacks, Shaq Barrett with four and a half. Yaya, I think, is locked and loaded as a starter next season, but I do believe that Shaq Barrett is likely going to be a cap casualty. And then Joe Tryon, Troyinka is a rotational player at best. I talked about trading for Hassan Reddick on Monday's episode and how beneficial that would be for the Bucs, though I think it's unlikely to happen now that Reddick has come out and denied that he asked for a trade in the first place. Still maybe something to monitor, and a player like Hassan Reddick would certainly come in and help the Bucs immensely, but this to me seems like a prime position that the Buccaneers are going to target in the first round with pick 26 or 
even potentially a move up to get their guy. And Jared Verse out of FSU seems to be a popular name linked with the Bucks early on in this draft process. But right now, you have one starter and two depth pieces, and that is nowhere near close enough to get the job done in a Todd Bowles defense. Next up on my list is safety. There are no viable starters under contract for 2024. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a must sign if this team is going to have any chance of success. He does too much in Todd Bowles defense for them to replicate that with somebody who is in free agency right now or in the draft. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a very unique player. There are only three safeties under contract for next season. You have Richard LeCount, Josh Hayes, and Kayvon Merriweather. None of those are starting caliber. In fact, two of them are pretty much practice squad or special teams guys. Uh, Christian Izian is listed as a safety. He's the slot corner. I think he's going to maintain that starting position next year. Now, Zion McCollum did well at safety late in the season. Uh, and the Bucs may be thinking of moving him back there, but he can't be the anchor guy. He would have to be back there with Antoine Winfield Jr. if that is going to work. And if the Bucs don't bring back Winfield, they have to bring in someone that does what he does, and that isn't really something that they're going to be able to do with this crop of free agent safeties or the safeties in this draft class. Next up on my positional rankings is guard. I talked about it before. Uh, Stinney didn't get the job done uh, to the level that they need in both facets of the offense, in pass blocking and run blocking. He is a solid depth guy, and I absolutely believe that the Bucs should bring Aaron Stinney back but he is not quite there as an every week, every down starter. Other than that, you have Logan Stenberg and Cody Malk on the roster right now. Cody Malk, he's your locked and loaded right guard. You have to find a more versatile player with that nasty streak like you had with Ryan Jensen. We've seen flashes of it from Cody Malk. We've seen flashes of it from Luke Gedeke. You have to have that guy who is just nasty, especially on the interior of the line. Baker was under duress a lot over the course of the season, and there were virtually no running lanes up the middle for Rashad White. You cannot count on Baker Mayfield escaping and eluding sacks because your interior protection isn't there. You cannot continue to try to establish the run game when Rashad White has no running lanes. You have to get more beef and more strength, more nastiness, on the interior of that line. And I think if they bring in a guy like that at the guard position, it's going to make Robert Hainsey's life easier. It's going to make Tristan Wirf's life easier. And you are going to see a vast improvement in the production of the offensive line. Number four on my list is linebacker. Potentially, both Devin White and Levante David are gone for the 2024 season, whether that's as free agents or in the case of Levante David, due to retirement. You drafted Servassier Dennis last year. You had KJ Britt step up a, in a big way late in the season and down the stretch. And while Britt may be a starter next year, he doesn't provide what Devin White did in terms of pass rush ability. I'm not saying that, you know, KJ Britt isn't as good as Devin White in all facets. I think KJ Britt was better in coverage. I think KJ Britt was better against the run. But he does not provide that next level of 
uh, of a player, of an inside linebacker, to be able to send on those blitzes that we saw so much out of Devin White. Servassier Dennis, we didn't really see enough of him at all to fully gauge what he's capable of. I know when I watched his, his games when he was with Pitt, he jumped off the screen. I was trying to watch Kalijah Kansi, and instead I, I continued to watch Servassier Dennis. So he has that potential, but we didn't see it enough last season to really be able to gauge whether or not he would be able to slide in as a starter this year should both Devin and David leave for one reason or another. So outside of those two guys, you have J.J. Russell, Vi Jones, and Evan Deckers under contract. You need a potential starter or at the very least better depth at inside linebacker. And then finally, running back. I have talked about it plenty so far this offseason, and I'm going to continue to pound the table. So just prepare yourself. You're going to get sick of hearing me talk about how much the Bucs need running backs, but the Bucs need at a bare minimum one running back, probably more so two running backs. They may bring back Chase Edmonds, which is fine, but it's not enough. The Bucs have Rashad White, Patrick Laird, and Sean Tucker under contract. Tucker was a, a huge disappointment for what we expected with him being a priority undrafted free agent coming off of that injury. Maybe injury played a little bit of a role in the lack of production, but you let go of Keyshawn Vaughn, who wasn't really anything to write home about because you were relying on Sean Tucker. And then you have Patrick Laird, who's a special teamer at best. And instead, you really only had two running backs down the stretch for the season, and that was White and Edmonds. You need to bring in someone that complements Rashad White, a power guy that can bulldoze through that goal line situation or on those fourth and ones, fourth and twos when you're going for it uh, around midfield, when you're kind of in that no man's land. And Edmonds was was decent, but I don't think that too many people would be brokenhearted if they replaced Edmonds with a Jarek McKinnon uh, or you know, somebody else along those lines and then turned around and in the draft brought in one of those power style running backs. Regardless, White and Edmonds would not be enough on their own to make it through the season. The Bucks have to accrue much, much better depth at the running back position. Before we jump to the break, do want to jump in the chat real quick. Demon Hunter says, bring Jordan back. I'm assuming you mean Jordan Whitehead. I'm down. I, I would be fine with that. Same with Mike Edwards. Uh, make it all gaming says Baker deserves 35, but I really hope he takes a pay cut to keep guys around. Well, funny you should mention that because we are going to talk about what happens if Baker doesn't come back because we have mailbag questions. That is next here on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something that you might even be thinking about the same thing this week. This whole new offensive coordinator every year for the last three years slings a lot of questions towards the Buccaneers this offseason, 
And it's hard to know what direction they'll try to go versus what direction they actually end up going. Will Baker be back? What about Antoine Winfield? And could we really have seen the last game Mike Evans plays in a Buccaneers uniform? Unanswered questions can lead to unwanted stress that may boil over into other areas of your life. And therapy can be different for everyone. And while most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So just visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener interview every single day. Every day is make sure you are coming back tomorrow. I think we're going to go live again. I think we're going to do a little lunchtime live tomorrow on Friday. In the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Mailbag time. Had some insider questions come in. So let's dive into the mailbag, starting with insider Scott, who says, what if Baker moves on to the Falcons, Patriots, or Steelers? I know he likes Tampa, but his personality fits the Steelers. What do the Bucs do then? We are still strapped with all the signings needed. Oh, by the way, next year's schedule is brutal. Wins will be tough. Well, for starters, Scott, I don't think that's going to happen. But for the sake of the question, let's go down that road. So in this uh, you know, timeline of the Buccaneer multiverse, uh, Baker does not like the deal that the Bucs offer. He hits free agency and gets a mega deal from, we're going to say, the Falcons. I don't think it would be Pittsburgh. I think they're going to stick with Kenny Pickett for the time being. Where do the Bucs go from there? There are three options. First one is you sign a quarterback in free agency. I already expressed that I'm not a huge fan of the choices in free agency. I don't think any of them are going to be an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Arguably, Kirk Cousins would be, but coming off of that injury concerns me. I think he's better suited in Minnesota. I don't think he would do as well in Tampa as he will in Minnesota with a system that he's already familiar with rather than than coming down to Tampa. But he's really the only one that I think among the free agents would be a better quarterback in 2024 than Baker Mayfield. So if they're not going to pony up for Kirk Cousins, you can look at a guy like Gardner Minshew or Tyler Huntley on a one-year prove-it deal like they did with Baker this past season. And then you have another quarterback competition with Kyle Trask I could absolutely see something like that happening, and that would also free up a lot of money for guys like Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield Jr. and the Tristan Wirfs extension, uh, Rashad White's on a contract year, because now instead of 20 plus million dollars 
on a quarterback, you're spending under 10. And then those savings can go a really long way. Now, in that same vein as the free agent route, I didn't list this as an additional option. I'm kind of rolling it into option one. You could try to pull off a trade. Maybe you, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers do want to move on and you can trade for a Kenny Pickett who's going to be on that rookie deal. It's going to be less expensive. Maybe the Bucs want Justin Fields. They shouldn't, but maybe they do. And you're willing to give up this year's first, next year's second, a couple other picks here and there uh, to get the deal done. That means Chicago can get Caleb Williams. They can get Marvin Harrison Jr. with the Bucs. You know, pick number 26, they can get another wide receiver or maybe they go tight end and and really have a completely revamped offense for Caleb Williams and the future of the Chicago Bears. Teams like Washington or New England have more firepower to pull off a trade like that, but the Buccaneers could explore it. Now, option two is you draft someone. And as I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, you're looking at, at pick 26, unless you're moving up and, and maybe you still do have to move up. You're looking at a Michael Penix or a JJ McCarthy. And even then, you know, like I said, you may have to move up from 26 if those quarterbacks start flying off the board. Um, and then you're in a situation where it's baptism by fire. I don't think either one of those guys is ready or capable of starting from day one and succeeding and you may end up doing more harm than good by putting them in that situation. Or on the flip side, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and you have a, uh, the steal of the draft. The success rate of first round quarterbacks over the last 10 years is legitimately a coin flip. You're looking at about a 50% chance that you hit and a 50% chance that you bust. So Either you hit or you don't, and if you don't, you likely have the same outcome as option three. And option three is you start Kyle Trask. It's the last year of his deal, and I know I'm going to get hate for it, and that's fine. I know there are the Kyle Trask super fans. It, it's, it is what it is. You guys know my feelings on Trask. I like him. I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I just don't. But he's entering the last year of his deal, and if he's not going to start for the Bucs, He's likely not going to start anywhere. You let him compete for the job last year, and I don't exactly think that it was a real or a fair competition, but you might as well give him that shot in this scenario. So if he succeeds, that's awesome. You know, I'll eat my crow. You guys in the chat can tell me how stupid and wrong I was. Um you know, then the Bucs can turn around and lock him up long-term and have your homegrown quarterback of the future. If not, because, you know, as Scott mentioned in this question, the schedule is going to be tough. At least as the way things look right now, it's going to be a very difficult schedule. Now, the way the schedule looks in February compared to the way it's going to look in September or October are two very different things. But on paper, the Buccaneers have a tough schedule. Uh, you are probably going to end up with a top 10 pick and have the opportunity to draft a potential franchise quarterback in 2025, which is what I think would happen if they draft a quarterback this year. The difference is... If you draft a quarterback this year and you end up with a top 10 pick, you're stuck. You're not drafting another quarterback. You are stuck with whatever player you took this year, hoping that he pans out. And if he doesn't, now you're setting the franchise back years and you could be looking at massive 
layoffs from the coaching staff to the front office. If you land a top 10 pick next year, rolling with a Kyle Trask or rolling with a Gardner Minshew or a Tyler Huntley, you're looking at guys like Shadur Sanders, Carson Beck out of Georgia, uh, Quinn Ewers out of Texas. And there's probably going to be a couple more quarterbacks that emerge throughout the season, but those are the big names right now for the 2025 draft. Also, in 2025, you're looking at free agent quarterbacks like Jared Goff, Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa, and Justin Fields. And of course, not all of those guys are going to actually hit the market, and maybe none of them will, but there's the potential that you could find yourself in a situation where you can bring in one of those guys. In my opinion, if Baker doesn't come back to the Buccaneers, your best route is roll with Kyle Trask because you're either going to hit and Kyle Trask is going to prove people like me wrong and be a franchise quarterback, or you're going to end up with a top 10 pick and then you can roll the dice with a quarterback in the draft in 2025. I'm going to jump to the chat coming up out on the other side when we get ready to play the worst game of Would You Rather in the history of this show. That's next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You all know that I used Game Time to get incredible seats to see the Lightning play in Columbus, then to surprise my son for his birthday to see the Celtics in Indianapolis, and I used them again to take my son to see the Celtics in Cleveland next month. The biggest draw for me outside of the flash deals that I love taking advantage of is the view from my seat feature so I know exactly what to expect when we get to the arena. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of an event or even up to an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last minute seats and game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And I'm going to jump in the chat real quick before I continue on in the mailbag. G Vegas says, Hey, everyone. Hey, G Vegas. Nice to see you here. Um, he, uh, G Vegas also says, If Baker doesn't come back, highly unlikely at this point, I see Drew Locke Minshew as the one year prove it deal. I can absolutely see Drew Locke. He's another one. Uh, you know, I can't list all of the quarterbacks, but he's a guy that certainly could be on a one-year deal. And who knows? Maybe they would sign a Drew Locke or a Gardner Minshew with the plan of starting Kyle Trask and then having some veteran backup uh, you know, leadership there for Trask to lean on. Um, 
Make it all gaming says, I agree that Trask is not a starter, probably a great backup. You would think so. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a career backup, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, you know, to get to that level as it is, is, is an incredible achievement. There's, you know, I'm not, I don't say these things about Kyle Trask to be, you know, mean or, or rude or anything like that, but I have to give my honest assessment. And my honest assessment is that there are, 32 other guys in the NFL that would be better as a starting quarterback than Kyle Trask. And that's just the reality of the situation. You can say that about a lot of quarterbacks, but those guys are still in the NFL because they're still the most elite of the elite to ever play that sport. HH4 says, is Baker coming back next season? I still think we're looking at like 99.999% that Baker comes back. Um, and Demon Hunter, I see you yelling at me in the chat, okay? This is not my fault. I did not do this. Let's jump back into the mailbag. Um, and this comes from Insider Alex, who I'm about to revoke his membership for asking this question. But he says, if the Bucks have to choose between Antoine Winfield Jr. and Mike Evans, which player should they re-sign and which player should they let walk? And quite frankly, Alex, uh, this question is very mean. It is very hurtful. It's probably going to give me nightmares uh, having to talk about this. But the reality of the situation is that this isn't out of the realm of possibility. If the money gets to be too much and the Buccaneers have to look at these two guys and they say, we have to keep one and we have to let one go, that is the business side of the National Football League. And you have to remove emotion. You have to remove personal feelings from the equation and make a business decision. The answer, in my opinion, if you have to, if you can only keep one of these guys because the money isn't there, you keep Antoine Winfield Jr. Go ahead and yell at me. I get it. Go ahead, light me up in the chat. But the reality of the situation is this. Mike Evans is indeed going to be 31 years old during the 2024 season. Antoine Winfield Jr. is much younger, has much more time left, and as, as phenomenal as Mike Evans is, and he's a Hall of Famer, and I will, I will die on that hill uh, that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Finding someone to do what Antoine does in this defense is going to be much harder than finding a wide receiver that can also succeed on this team and in this offense. So you wouldn't have to go out and sign. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if you could get a Michael Pittman Jr. or a T. Higgins, but you have a Chris Godwin. So you don't have to use your first round pick on a wide receiver. You have a number one wide receiver on your team already if you let Mike Evans walk. And while father time is undefeated and it looks like there's no decline in Mike Evans' game, that decline will come at some point. It, it has to. We've seen it time and time again. Maybe it doesn't come until he's 36. Maybe it comes when he's 32. And the risk that you take in signing a guy like Mike Evans 
Although he's the greatest offensive player to ever play for this franchise, he's been the face of the team and the city and the fan base for a decade. The risk that you take giving a guy like that $25 million a year when he's entering his age 31 season is paying $25 million a year for a guy whose decline came very rapidly. And we've seen it with the greatest players that this game has ever seen. We saw it with Drew Brees. You know, arguably a top five quarterback of all time. And his decline was not a slow, steady regression. It was a cliff that he fell off of. We have seen it with Larry Fitzgerald. We've seen it with Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice and, and some of the greatest players to ever play. And so when you have to make a business decision like that and you have to decide between the young anchor captain of your defense or the aging face of your franchise and greatest offensive player to ever play in the city of Tampa, it's going to hurt no matter what you do. But the, the smart business decision is to lock up the young guy. And it sucks to say that. And Alex, again, I'm furious with you for asking me this question, but it's something that isn't out of the realm of possibility. And that's the situation that the Buccaneers find themselves in. It's a situation that a lot of NFL teams find themselves in year in and year out, where they have a franchise guy that they have to let go, that they have to let walk away. So I'm going to jump into the chat one more, uh, one more time real quick. Before we get out of here, um, make it all gaming says, unfortunately, it would probably be Mike that walks. I would, I would agree. It probably would be, um, Zunami show says franchise tag Winfield. If it came down to it, I talked about that earlier in the week. If you haven't caught that episode, go back. I think I talked about it on Tuesday where it might actually be cheaper for the Buccaneers to franchise tag Antoine Winfield Jr. This year than what it would cost as an average annual value on a long-term deal just because of his market value. San Anto Gatto says Winfield must stay. Otherwise, defense will not make it next season. I agree. Uh, make It All Gaming says Antoine Winfield Jr. means way too much to the defense to let him walk. I agree. I agree 100%. And then Make It All Gaming also says this, the salary cap can be manipulated. Multiple teams have been proving that over the last few years with the restructures and signing bonuses, it's possible to bring them all back. It absolutely is. And Jason Light and Mike Greenberg in the front office of Tampa are some of the best in the business at creating cap space. Eventually, the bill comes due. We saw that last year with Tom Brady. That's why they were so cap strapped. But it absolutely is possible to bring all of these guys back. But Alex asked the question, and I felt it deserved an, an honest answer that sometimes these decisions do have to be made. And so what would I do if I was sitting in Jason's in Jason Light's chair and I had to decide between Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield Jr.? Of course, I want to bring Mike Evans back. Of course, I would love for Mike Evans to do what even Jerry Rice didn't do and play for one team for his entire Hall of Fame career, breaking Jerry Rice's records. 
but you have to make the right business decision for all of the players, all of the front office workers, all of the coaches, everybody inside of that building. You have to you have to make tough decisions like that, and, and we see teams have to do it all the time. And you see some of the all time greats have to play elsewhere because of of reasons that you know range, uh, you know from from money to coaching changes to philosophy changes, all those sorts of things. But those decisions do get made, and and it's tough. But Alex deserved uh, deserved an answer to the question because it may be something that Jason Light has to face. With that, I'm going to bid you all a fair adieu. I think coming up tomorrow, we're going to do another live lunchtime. We are going to start that series where I dive in to Buccaneers pending free agents, weigh the pros and cons, what they bring, what they lack, and whether or not the the Buccaneers should re-sign them. That will start tomorrow. In the meantime, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and uh, become a Locked On Bucks insider so you can torture me with mailback questions like Alex did, asking me if uh, the Bucks should keep Winfield or Evans and can only choose one. You can become an insider by going to JointSubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Want to thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.